Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAIP-owned brands right now, like Cardin, Kaja, Emilia George, and Hey Neve. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. Warning, things are about to get intense. Like when you stare into the eyes of someone that you really like for a full minute straight without blinking. Intense, intense heat, lasting plump from the hot new lifter plump from Maybelline, New York. Formulated with chili pepper, lifter plump delivers a heated sensation for an instant lip plumping effect that lasts available in eight sizzling shades honestly my favorite is hot honey and cocoa zing i put it on my lips and honestly it did sizzle them it sizzled them right to the moon they were plump and juicy and everyone was like nicole can i and i'm like get in line can you take the heat find your shade at maybelline.com or a retailer near you Amazon shoppers get 10% off Lifter Plump purchase with code 10PLUMP for a limited time. Nicole Byer was trying to figure out why I'm still single, but guess what? <laughs> the detective work is not good. She can't figure it out. So I'm talking about love and shit with people I find interesting. Today, my guest is a hilarious comedian and writer who's performed all over your TV sets. We can't say which sets because there's a strike. He was... <laughs> He was recently acclaimed as Vulture's comedian, you should know. And guess what? I agree with Vulture. I, my guest, I think is so funny. I'll, like, just Google him, watch his sets. His, uh, no, I can't say the show, but there's a, <laughs> a late night show where I said, ha, 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 I love it. Also, he posts um, clips on his on his Instagram that you can go to. I'm so happy that I have Jay Jordan. Oh my gosh! Yay! Thank you, Nicole. Oh, I lo- also I love the fact that we get to dance around where we've been on TV. Now I was on a thing one time that you can find very easily. Maybe it happened at the night. Just Google. <laughs> Who knows? It was maybe it was late at night uh, on one of those shows that comes on when maybe you should be sleeping. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe the host has an ice cream flavor by Ben and Jerry's. We don't know. Maybe we just don't know these facts anymore they're gone (laughs) jay thank you so much for being here thank you for having me let's just get right up into it i know that you're married no yes did i lie no you're correct 
How did you get married? No, just kidding. How did you meet your husband? <laughs> so I met him in the most traditional way possible in the theater department at the University of Mississippi. Yes, so yes, that's yes. Where, that's where all gay people meet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love this. We, but, what, what? Oh, wait. I, well, I'll let you answer the question first. I'm just so excited. I got all this information I want to ask you about. Okay, so you met at the theater department. Was it love at first sight? Tell me. So we met, and then he ended up being the assistant stage manager of a show I was in. And at one point, as cliche as it is, we were going yeah. over lines. Yes. And, you know, maybe some flirting Ooh. was going on. Maybe a kiss happened. Maybe I wasn't focusing on the lines as much. Okay. And so kind of start like a secret relationship then. And okay. I was because I was still kind of like out there being a fun little college hoe. As we all have been. <laughs> as we all have been. Yes, as we all have been. <laughs> and so then we decided to be a bit more public with our relationship. But then I was going away to grad school that year and I was like, oh, it'll be like either like super chill or it'll be like long distance. And we just kept staying together and so eventually when i moved to new york we moved in together it was my first living boyfriend we and we have been together for a very long time and like the living together in new york was a true test because we were mm -hmm. in a studio in Ooh. east harlem with Ooh. a dog Ooh. <laughs> a studio two people and a dog that truly will test the relationship yeah, and so it tested us, and then we got engaged and did the necessary millennial, like, almost, like, four-year engagement where you're like, yeah, we said it, but we ain't got to do it just yet. What are you talking about? <laughs> I So four years you stayed engaged, and yes. where did you get married? We got married at the Foundry in Queens last year, July 10th, and it was a fun beautiful ceremony. I only invited two comedians because we'd be talking too much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. That's, I mean, good on you. And so it was really fun. It, my family came up to New York. Uh, my family had been to New York, but it was the first time like both families were in New York at the same time. It was mm -hmm. like a fun wedding where we both like had the financial like resources to do it and the time to do it. And I felt like we were both in a place where um, we were ready, not only to like plan a wedding, but to get married. So I was very happy with it. I love that. Who proposed to whom? Well, when you're together that long, you end up doing it more than once. So <laughs> he asked me first, and then you kind of like simmer on that. And then I asked him, and then we went to a wedding in 2021 that made us be like, we probably need to start planning. So then there was like another rehashing of the conversation. You have a joke that I really love where it's like when you invite a bunch of gay people to a wedding, everyone seems to have known each other because they hooked up. And then it's like, yes. you know, Ted, it's I don't want to yeah. like ruin it, but it's the joke. It makes me laugh so hard. Oh, my God. I love that. <laughs> yeah. God, I, I truly whenever your clips come on Instagram, I'm like, ooh, let me buckle up. This one's going to be fun. And you're just so happy and joyful like i i like the style of com i like you know sarcasm i love a straight face i love deadpan but i really like when people are having fun oh my gosh that's one of my favorite things about you and so many other comedians don't necessarily know how to articulate that but when there's a sense 
of joy and whimsy to yes. the comedy that you're presenting to a bunch of people, I mm -hmm. enjoy it a bit more. That's just me, though. But thank you. Yeah, I love some whimsy. I I also really love when people are like, you're going to like this. This is funny. I wrote it. <laughs> it made me laugh. And I think you're going to laugh. Okay, so you grew up in Jackson, Mississippi. Yes. And Research. Yes, my assistant Lindsay is honestly a dream. Okay. Um, okay, so you've said that you've had to double code switch being black and queer. Oh, yeah. So there is a thing that happens in spaces wherever like you realize which sort of identity is most marginalized where you kind of mm -hmm. go for okay so let's make sure that like i'm presenting the part of me that i at least feel like i can like get away with presenting so the example i bring up is that since i grew up in mississippi like, my blackness was always like, okay, that's like, it's, Mississippi is the blackest state. People don't know this. It's mm -hmm. like 33% black. Uh, that was never like an issue. Queerness for me, I, I wasn't even out until college. There weren't any gay men in my high school. We had a lot of lesbians, but that's because we had a mm -hmm. great basketball team. And what happened, <laughs> this is true, Lady Mustangs. <laughs> and so it is funny that if you have a good basketball team, the ladies can come out and everyone's like, at least they win trophies. They 100%. do whatever they want on the bus to the games, but they're winning trophies, so we're okay with it. <laughs> Those girls think smiles on their faces the whole time. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so, like, I wasn't out. So I was definitely code switching and appropriating straightness in a way that I thought would keep me safe in high school. But mm -hmm. then what happens is I go to college and like then there's this additional element where I go from being like one of like a bunch of black kids in my in my high school to not being one of a bunch of black kids in some of my college courses. So then there's a bit of a switch through a racial lens. Mm -hmm. So I go I have to like deal with both of these elements, like kind of like while I'm still adjusting and experiencing how I want to present both of these parts of myself that I think. I'm happy. I'm definitely happy that I had the experience and I can talk about it now, but it was so surreal to be like, wait a minute. What? Oh, okay. Let me make <laughs> sure that this part of me is presented. That makes sense. I used to code switch a lot at like auditions and when I would go to church when I was younger. Oh, yes. You have such a funny joke about it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I sure do. Um, but then I got older and was like, this is just how I speak. And that's it. Right. And I think there's a beauty because so many people don't know this. Whenever I talk about my blackness and my queerness and my southernness, they're all connected mm -hmm. in such a way mm -hmm. that even if I try to coast, which it's impossible to they're inextricably linked. And yes. my, the, my favorite example of that is a word is a word like sugar because sugar mm -hmm. is black it's southern and it's queer it's uh, it's like honey girl like all mm -hmm. of this all of these things usually through language and sort of like a and sometimes like fashion but mostly language for me i noticed that oh these three parts of me make me so much more powerful and honest than any one part of them reducing me or like alienating mm -hmm. me so i love it now 
Yeah, I love it too. And then there's some like blackness that just is ingrained in you that you can't ever really get rid of. <laughs> like during movies, I went and saw Spider-Man and boy, oh boy, was it a fun movie. But at yes. the end, I don't want to like ruin it for anyone who hasn't seen it. At the end, I was like, well, more more movie has to happen. But like when it ended, I went, oh no. Like, <laughs> I like couldn't help myself. I was like, I can't believe. Let, let me tell you something. Cause that same experience at my movie theater where I saw it too at the Magic Johnson <laughs> on 125th. Oh, I love the Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson 125th. A lot of people in the seats went, come on, what? <laughs> <laughs> which is just like an inherently black thing i don't i guess i got it from my mother or like i don't it's just like be out loud like what i don't uh-uh what um and when i saw the tina turner uh musical there's a lot of drama in it and like when tina gets slapped for the first time i literally couldn't help myself i was like Mm-mm. and then all <laughs> of the black people were like Mm-mm. what uh-uh <laughs> the culture of call and response. Uh, we can't I leave it. I love it. I love it. And Nicole, this is you know what's beautiful about that? It's also because black people, specifically black women, it's not that they're trying to bring attention to themselves. Mm-mm. What happens is they go, some is anyone else seeing this shit? Mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. shit needs to be handled. Mm-hmm. And people <laughs> always are like, oh. Like, what is that? It's community. It's someone being like, why is this baby outside by himself? Yes. That baby's too big for that stroller. I find myself (laughs) saying that all the time. That baby needs a jacket. (laughs) Yes, that baby's too big for that stroller. Ma'am, ma'am, that baby can walk. That baby can walk. Just let that baby walk. (laughs) I had a show where there was this woman in the front row and I know I don't sound stereotypically black I know because yeah, people tell me people love to tell me they love to tell me that my comedy might not be for black people I don't but know it is. Every, here's the thing I know a bunch of black women who work in call centers who sound exactly like you yes <laughs> I, I was like we exist we're out here but I, where was I I think it was the Irvine Improv and there was this black woman in the front row who kept, after every joke, she would go, <laughs> and then she would repeat, repeat one word from it and go, oh, you stupid. And I <laughs> loved her. I was like, oh, to be called stupid by an older black woman is, I've won. I've won it. <laughs> Nicole, and I, you know, there's a there's a an analogous response from straight black men whenever I know I told a good gay joke when they go, whoa, mm-hmm. oh. Yes. Yes, yes. Uh, I tell one cum joke, and they're like, man. I'm like, yeah, we sucking dick in here, okay? You pay the ticket for it, too. Yep, you got to sit here and deal with it. (laughs) Um, I want to go back to your husband. So while you were living in that studio apartment in East Harlem, you guys got bed bugs. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. This Did that strengthen? What no. what did that do to the relationship? <laughs> it, it ruined us. So we had bed bugs. And the craziest part about it is that I was gaslit. I saw one and he was like, no, I don't think you saw one. Because like we had crazy jobs at that point. I'm a personal trainer. I was waking mm-hmm. up at five in the morning to go to David Barton mm-hmm. to train people. He was working front desk at either, I think at Barry's. So we both had finished jobs. It was like our mm-hmm. entry level jobs in New York. I'm doing my... If this is 2016, I'm doing mics 
when I'm not training people, we're like all over the place, just mm-hmm. surviving and kind of scraping in New York. I see a bed bug one morning and I'm like, is this a bed bug? Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, 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 of course. Not. I was like, oh, okay. And then that next week, you like flip over a mattress and you're like, oh, so you guys have built a town. This is, I mean. Ooh, ooh, ooh. So then that mattress had to get like thrown out. Exterminators mm-hmm. had to be called. But like I had to be in the park with my dog for four hours while all of this was going on. You know, the thing that they don't tell you is that like you, you can't be in there. But also your dog mm-hmm. can't be in there. So I'm dealing with that. And it. When I say if that didn't break us, then I'm good. Because bed bugs, oh my god, oh. they're just such a nightmare. We had bed bugs in my oh. apartment in East Harlem. Mm-hmm. It was 126 between Fifth and Madison, and my roommate she seemed to have them at our old apartment, and then. We didn't have them for a little bit, but then my other roommate took this vanity from the street. No, 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 no. I no, no, And no. I was like, <sighs> we, we are too old for this. Don't no. be taking street furniture. We know better. And then he got them bad. No. My other roommate got them. I was in the middle room. <gasps> as soon as he saw one, I bought this shit called Dimatitious Earth, which is a white <sighs> powdery substance that allegedly they walk through and they're deshelled and they can't live or whatever. But I was pig pen for like six months because it was in between my mattress and my box spring. So when I would get in bed, a huge white cloud would float. I lined my room around with it, put it in my closet. It was it was everywhere. But I didn't get them. Oh my god! Well, congratulations, you didn't get them. But you know that scene Thank from Hocus you. Pocus where they spin the salt around. That was me. <laughs> that, that was, was me. I was making a circle trying to keep the witches away. That it was. Also, oh god, it was wild. That is, it's so funny, too, that you're like, I don't care what these chemicals do to me. Sure don't. I was breathing it in, breathing it in, killing me slowly. (laughs) Give me cancer. I do. I just don't want bed bugs. Nicole was doing key bumps of (laughs) Dimatissus Earth. (laughs) I was just snorting rails of it. (laughs) Keep them away. (sighs) Keep them at bay. Oh, my God. That's very funny. We're bedbug sisters. We are bedbug sisters, which is one of the worst sisters to be. And in Harlem. Yes. <laughs> Do you still live in Harlem? Don't tell still these people. Still in Harlem. Okay. No, they listen. I ain't scared. <laughs> still in Harlem. You might see me. At, you might see me at the grocery store. You might, okay. But during the strike, you're gonna see me at Fine Fair. When I go back uh-huh. to work, you're gonna see me at Whole Foods. But currently, we're a Fine Fair house. <laughs> I love Fine Fair. I love C-Town. I love a cheap grocery store. Nicole I don't knows. want Fairway. Get out of here. It's the same <laughs> shit. It's just, it just goes bad a little faster. You got to eat them apples faster. <laughs> so, okay. Your last year of high school, you worked at Abercrombie. Oh, which my is, goodness. I think, a compliment to your attractiveness because I have read so many things that they just, they don't hire ugly people. They're like, only the creme de la creme. Whoa. I, okay. So I'll put out the, this is pre-Abercrombie Renaissance 2020, <laughs> 2022, 2023. They're having mm-hmm. a renaissance. They're expanding. They're like the male Aritzias, which some people are saying. Like, they're doing a lot mm-hmm. of different stuff. Back, OG Abercrombie, we're talking mm-hmm. 06, we're talking 07. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, this... Tyra Banks wasn't as mean to the contestants on her show (laughs) 
as the regional and district managers of Abercrombie were. First of all, so I go to North Park Mall in Ridgeland, which is right outside of Jackson. I get the job and they're like, oh, you're going to be kind of on a trial basis as a brand rep because brand reps get to be in the front of the store. Impact team has to be in the back. So uh-huh. people don't know there's a cast system. There was a cast system. And if you're impact, you're just taking off sensors, opening up box of clothes, folding them, and then putting them out on the floor at night mm-hmm. as not to be seen because you're an untouchable. At night. Oh my God. So if you're a brand rep, you get to be in the front of the store. I worked at Abercrombie and Abercrombie and Fitch. So lowercase little Abercrombie, this is mm-hmm. the wildest one because you <sighs> You have to sell kids clothing that their parents are not happy that they're wearing. <laughs> so me, a 16, a 17-year-old, has to sell booty shorts to an 11-year-old mm-hmm. by making her dad buy these booty shorts. It was uh-huh. it was wild. That's a mind fuck. That's weird. It's like, you look great in those booty shorts, little girl. It's like, right. what am I saying out loud? Exactly, because you'll be like, um, these are our new, these are the Kinsey shorts. It, like, because they would always name, <laughs> they would always name the clothes. Name them after little white girls. After the, the Target Kinsey demo. Shorts, <laughs> yeah. The Michaela, the Michaela Tank. Exactly. The- <laughs> and this, uh, here's the other thing, Nicole. A lot of camisoles. They sure. loved a camisole with lace for <laughs> a group of girls that do not have titties yet. What do we do? <laughs> I that is so wild to me to be like, get in the back. You're nasty looking. Oh no! And if they came out during, if they came out like while people were in the store, they'd be like, okay, well, look, go ahead. Go go take a break. Don't be on the floor. Figure out what you're going to do. I had, like, I had so many mixed feelings because I loved, I, like, I, I had fun with the impact people. And some of the brand reps were so dumb. They would hire, mm-hmm. when I say the dumbest people in the world, <laughs> I mean some of the stupidest people possible. And that, that's just because they wanted, they wanted some shirtless people in the front they, there was this one guy, I remember his name was Justin. I promise, I if this boy is not dead, then <laughs> he is touched. God's <laughs> hand is up on him. He was this, and I don't mean dead from drug use, just stupid. Just uh-huh. dumb. Just, just an dumb, idiot. Just an idiot. Like fall down a manhole kind of dummy. So <laughs> he was one of the people. Oh, there was this one girl named Leah. I loved her so much because, like, we were like the two. I hate saying this. We were like the two sexy black people on the floor that mm-hmm. they. And also, that was wild too. At one time, they had they like, didn't really hire black people, right? And that's the crazy part because this mall was like it was like a it was a fairly suburban mall, but because it was a nice mall before they built the newer nice mall, like everyone went there. So like mm-hmm. they would have like two black brand reps on the floor and me and her name was Leah. I won't say her last name. She would, we would like make out and stuff. This was like a little, Ooh. we would like have a little, one time, one time we were like making out and then, manager caught us and he gave me a look that to this day I remember because I know he was like what is this faggot doing making out at work with this little girl 
He was like, well, my kiss, you can't be in trouble. I guess you're exploring your sexuality here at Abercrombie? At Abercrombie? <laughs> you decided it. You t- when you took the job, you checked it off. <laughs> but you are bisexual, right? I am bisexual. It's where uh, Abercrombie is also where I have my first male crush that I'm able to articulate. It was a crush. It was this guy who was on color guard. So he was a flag twirling sissy. And mm-hmm. but his name was Shane. And he would like do this weird thing where he would like be like um, a kind of mean gay. Cause at that point in 20 in 2007, and you know this, the gays had to be mean because it wasn't but like four of them. You just had to be mean. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, just be mean. Be mean before they could be mean to you. Exactly. And so I remember being like, man, Shane's like handsome and funny. And like he works at Abercrombie. I work at Abercrombie. And I had this like existential crisis in my car one time. I was like, oh, wait a minute. I like Shane. Am I trying to, do I like this man? He's a man. That's gross. I can't uh-huh. be having a crush on a man. I got to go work at Abercrombie, like a straight boy <laughs> intends to do. That is like a fun awakening. When did you, so your first reaction was, ew. When did you go, huh, I think that's okay. Mm, <laughs> probably in college. But uh, mm-hmm. as far as like with Shane, I, there would always be a fun kind of like, word tennis like sparring match where he would be mean to me and i'd be like listen i don't care if you're mean to me i'm gonna make you be nice to me but it was mm-hmm. never like oh, i'm gonna date you it was like yeah no like i don't you can be mean to me gay boy because i can take it like we should let's mm-hmm. go let's go on lunch breaks together oh let's like walk around the mall a little bit Ooh, let's go see what stupid stuff they're putting out at Wet Seal. Like that, you know, like, <laughs> that's the kind of stuff. We would go to Hollister and mess with shit. Because, like, here's uh-huh. a, we would go to Hollister. First of all, Hollister, at this point in time, Hollister was kicking our ass some days. Because mm-hmm. Hollister was dark. So people would, would want to go in Hollister because it was almost like pitch black. Mm-hmm. And just, like, watch that live feed of, like, Huntington Beach or whatever. And so we would go in Hollister and just fuck their shit up. We would just knock over piles of clothes and stuff. Jets. Yeah, yeah, it was the Sharks versus the Jets. But Hollister and Abercrombie are owned by the same company. <laughs> but yeah, we were there was a rumble. That's so funny. Also, Abercrombie is not the only time you were caught hooking up with somebody. You were caught by a police officer. Wait, where is this? This is a fun uh, story. You were caught by a police officer while hooking up with a girl in a car. Wait, first we have to take a break. Oh. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, there's always something that I really need to talk about. And thank God I have a podcast. But then there's stuff that I don't want to reveal publicly. So I talked to a therapist. And listen, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get stuff off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. And I got to say, that's very important because the first person you meet might not be good for you. So 
even though it's work, you got to work to find someone who like is helpful and is good for you. So don't stick with someone just because you feel like you have to. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash date me today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash date me. Okay. Hey, did you know one in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list? If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste time on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned out in the real world world. Babbel made it super easy for me to brush up on my Spanish before my vacation to Mexico. See how I said that? It's, it's better and it sounds like I speak Spanish. It just makes traveling better so you can like order food, ask for directions, and flirt with the locals. Me encanta muchacho! <laughs> without having to consult language apps while on vacation. Here's a special limited time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash date me. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash date me. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash date me. Rules and restrictions may apply. Ooh, we're back. Tell me about this. Hooking up with a girl and an officer saying, sir, you're bad. <laughs> Nicole, have you ever been caught by a police officer hooking up in a steamy car in a public park? Sure haven't. Oh, okay. <laughs> Never ever. Never ever. I thought we were ever. about to be uh, Mitsubishi Galant sisters, too. Oh, so, my uh, God. Mitsubishi Galant. Yeah, I was, yeah, oh, I was riding. You I was doing a big. you got to a, a full-size sedan. I was doing it big back in high school. So <laughs> my girlfriend and I, at the time, we couldn't we couldn't hook up in my house. My mom is a Christian woman. Mm-hmm. We couldn't hook up at her house because, like, we could, but it was like, you know, like, just hooking up in your house as a high schooler is truly yeah. the most impossible task. Maybe parents now are cool and sex positive. And you know what? Fuck y'all for having fun, parents. We didn't. <laughs> I didn't. My mother was like door open at all times. Yes. She would honestly be like, you can't even go up to your room. You got to stay at the kitchen table. And be like, okay. <laughs> My girlfriend before this one, we the only thing we could do is watch TV on the couch in the living room. And her mom would come in periodically. And guess what, Nicole? <laughs> I still managed to dry hump to completion sometimes. Because yes. that's how... That's how horny I was in high school. So (laughs) we were hooking up in the backseat of this car in a park that I thought was like, oh, no one's going to know. And the police officer like tapped on the door. And he was a chill police officer because all he said was he was like, y'all know y'all can't do that here. (laughs) (laughs) And we were like, okay, we're going to go to the Sonic drive-thru. And like, well, we can't hook up there. At least we get to still stay in the car and make out. So that's what we did. But yeah, I'm still alive. Shout out to that police officer. I hate to say it this way, but one of the good ones. <laughs> one of the good ones. He's one of the good apples. <laughs> also, you had a secret relationship with a frat guy in college? This is, y'all, how, wow. 
Wow, Jay Jordan, <laughs> this is your life. I did. So I had a secret relationship with a guy who was in a frat. And it was the first time I felt like uh, a real housewife of Oxford, Mississippi. Because... <laughs> And my tagline would have been, Real, the yeah, South I was just might, about to be like, this, what's my your tagline? tagline would have been, the South might not rise again, but my bank account balance sure will. Like, that's what yes. I would have said. <laughs> yes. So he was, he was like well off. He had like a townhouse and he had like, with the, the fun thing about it, he had this big SUV he would drive. And so when we secretly were hooking up, if I ever spent the night, but I had to go to, like to a theater class the next morning, he would like drop me off. There was this like kind of like loop around that wasn't a parking lot, but you could like pull into mm-hmm. it and get dropped off. And so one time people were there and they saw me get dropped off. And like that's what I felt so cunt in that moment. <laughs> I felt like such a motherfucking diva getting dropped off in this big black SUV going up to take this class. And I know people saw me and now people were like, Jay, who dropped you off? And I was such a girl about the response. I was like, I, ooh, I was such a mean girl. I was like, don't worry about it. Why don't you get somebody to drop you off? Why are you in, why are you in my business? By the way. I love that the secret relationship consisted of going to like a townhouse, getting dropped off in an SUV. Right. With me at like 18, 19, <laughs> 20, I would be like, this is the lap of fucking luxury. <laughs> Let me tell you, Nicole, I was Olivia Pope. Do you understand? <laughs> I was Olivia Pope. Just tying your trench coat, being like, stay out of my business. I've got things to handle. Big glasses, big God. scarf. <laughs> Holler up. I love it. How long did this secret relationship last? Oh, my goodness. It lasted the same length, most college relationships, a semester, because it was spring, and then we went into summer, and then... He went to Austin and we had like a big argument over Facebook Messenger. And then he came back and we definitely ended up hooking up a couple more times. He broke into my house and then, uh, yeah. What do you mean he broke up into your house? He broke into my house one time while he was very fucked up on pills and the police had to be called. Oh, no. Yeah, it was, I mean. Was it the same cop who was like, oh, (laughs) see, you're getting it from everybody. (laughs) Okay. That's listen, Nicole. When we when we write this, when the strike is over, that is what happens. Though it is the same police officer. (laughs) Damn boy, get it? (laughs) Ooh, yes. I ain't mad at you. That's okay. So (laughs) no, it was just like one of those situations where like uh, drugs were definitely involved, but also like once again, you talk about someone with that kind of access to money that young Mm -hmm. they probably also haven't heard no a lot so then they probably think they can break into people's houses um but yeah that was my first like kind of torrid secret relationship where i was like i remember one time and this is so funny we like went out to the square and we Mm -hmm. drank a little bit and then i remember he was like oh i don't want people to know that we're like doing like that we're like together mm-hmm, that we're together yeah because it was like a it was like uh it was enough of a public place that like it would have been like wait a second what's going on but then mm-hmm. in my head i was like but we're drinking wine <laughs> as college students uh-huh. who are boys so we already doing some pretty gay shit in front of folks <laughs> like do you see it's like it's like jack and coke jack and coke bud light natty light keystone light like 
we and then chose, a dry Chianti. We chose gay <laughs> drinks. <laughs> we should have planned better. Uh-huh. That's so funny. Um, do you think most of your dating has been, well, you've been with your husband for 11 years, right? Yeah. So we had 11 years, then we had long distance for three. And then we also had like, we also had like just a very candid conversations about what relationship, what are relationship deal breakers? Like for the Mm -hmm. longest time I knew, even like within our first three years, if you want, if you want to kiss somebody, you better kiss that person. That ain't about (laughs) to, that ain't, you kissing somebody? Uh If you want to give, I mean, look, we can get into. If you want to give a hand job, somebody give that hand job. What, what does that have to do with us getting along? And for mm-hmm. and for me, one of the big realizations is that your relationship and your rules, those are just that. That's your relationship, and those are your rules, and that is mm-hmm. your person. So whenever people start to kind of like go, oh, how do you make eleven years work? It was because we had a very very honest and very candid take. And because we were away from each other for three years. <laughs> so are you guys technically open? We're, what's the what's the queer way to say this? We're adults. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because now there's that weird thing where everyone, everyone sadly is like, oh, I think that I need to be in a polyamorous relationship. And what it actually means is that man wants seven women to do different things for him. And you're like, no, <laughs> I don't know. That's a cult. What you've done is kidnapped women. <laughs> I don't like what you're describing. Or it's like a means to the end of a relationship with the person you're currently with to open it up to like find someone so you don't have to be alone. Yeah. Yeah. And... And they'll never be like, oh, well, that person also has their fun. It's always that weird kind of like kept, like super closed off relationship for one party and very open for the Mm -hmm. other party. And like, they'll never, you'll never hear about them having like a four way with like another fun couple. So like, that's the kind of stuff that I dislike that's been getting very popular. Mm -hmm. But yeah, me and my husband... Which I, I mean, it's funny because I told a fun threesome joke on in that set uh, mm-hmm. on this. It's funny because, and I, lo- I love this about him. Whenever he found out I was doing that particular joke on that platform, he was very happy. But he also was like, oh, wow. My parents, my, my, my dad and my stepmom <laughs> were going to see that. And I was like, can I say something? They ain't going to care. They ain't going <laughs> to care. <laughs> There's a Nicole, and you can tell me if you disagree. I think once you break the seal on the gay shit, all the other shit, people don't I care. I agree. People don't I care. I think it's like once it's like, oh, I do X, Y, and Z. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Like I had a friend who started dating women, and at first I was like, oh, this feel this this is new. Not that it was weird. It was just like, oh, this is new. And now I'm just like, when she's with her girlfriend, I'm like, oh, whatever, okay. It's just the same thing as someone's like, oh, please call me they, them. At first, it's hard. Yeah. But then you just, you remember in your brain, you say, this person is non-binary and I'm going to respect their pronouns. It's just, you just get accustomed to it. Like, I don't know. Like, someone's like, I took a big old dick for the first time. You're like, ooh, congratulations. (laughs) Tell me about all the dicks you be taking now. And guess what, Nicole? That was the same police officer. I was like, good for you, Officer Jones. Oh, my goodness. I took a dick for the first time. I I found you to tell you, Jay. (laughs) Nicole, I desperately now want there to be a situation where an old black man finds out I'm queer. He goes, oh, 
Let me tell you about the first dick I took. Wait a second. <laughs> what? <laughs> Mr. Randy. <laughs> I think that's really funny. And I don't think older queer people have had any sort of real representation other than being like oracles or like magical Negroes. Oh my God. Like right? I would love to see just like an older gay man who's still in like leather and bondage. Who's like, Oh, I still get fucking freaky. Well, hey, you go to fire Island, you go to Palm Springs, you'll see him. Yes. You'll Let see me find one. I want someone to write something for one of them. Or like an old grizzled lesbian who's just like, I love a titty and a clit. <laughs> uh, that's what I want to say. <laughs> Well, because, I mean, specifically with queer men, uh, you know, the HIV AIDS epidemic did rob a lot of them from being able to live to be mean old queens. So (laughs) now we are having an opportunity. We're seeing some of these Gen Xers, some of these like super young baby boomers. They're Mm -hmm. like, I'm still here. And that's what I love. I mean, and may, uh, may he rest in peace. I think that's why also people loved Leslie Jordan so much. They're like, finally. Yes. Hell yeah. My God, I loved Leslie Jordan. I once, I had a show called Loosely Exactly Nicole that exactly four people watched. <laughs> no. I tried to get him for an episode and my casting director laughed in my face and was like, we can't afford Leslie Jordan. And in that <sighs> moment, I was like, good for Leslie. Nicole, Good for I for not it. being affordable. I watched it. I was I was watching it on Facebook. I watched it. Well, thank you. Very few people, and I'll tell you, the residuals are teeny tiny. <laughs> I got a residual. Uh, maybe a month ago, I posted it for a cent. A yeah. cent. I the. Every part about getting that to me costs more than a cent. Yes. You could call me. And then me. they show you. <laughs> yeah, just call me and be like, do you want this? And you could go, no. Jay, you left I a also penny got, here. <laughs> <laughs> I also got a residual for a cent, and it was two pages of where it was shown. And I was like, wait. So there was two page. I don't like. I don't understand the views or whatever. This is the only job we were like. I don't understand the hours clocked and the payment. But it was uh. two full pages, and then the check was for one cent. And I was like, the fuck? Like, thank God I tore. Like, thank God I do other stuff yes. that's not necessarily acting because all hosting is non-union. Uh, I wish it was union because it would pay into my health insurance. But, but whatever. Congrat- and congratulations on your Emmy nom. Are we allowed to say that? I think so, but I, I don't mean, think I can. I don't. I, you know, we, we won't say for what, but somehow we won't say <laughs> for what. She is Emmy nominated for a show. It's delightful. Now, Nicole, explain what TV shows huh. are to to people. <laughs> oh, so a television show is between thirty minutes and an hour to an hour and a half because time doesn't matter anymore with streaming. And uh, you used to be able to make it to a hundred episodes, get into syndication, and honestly, never have a job again because you made that network tons of money via commercials. Streaming came through, took away those commercials, and they only depend on some. Subscribers, subscribers who can have a whole family of four watch things and nothing is uh, supplemented via commercials. So then they say, we're not going to tell you how many people have watched it, even though that's what we've been doing from the beginning. And then they can pay you whatever the fuck they want. You cannot negotiate a good deal because the difference of five thousand or five million people watching something and 20 million people watching something is a different rate. Yes. And they just don't tell you. 
Wow. It sounds like somebody should do something about that. I think so. Maybe they should go on strike because also the whole AI situation is interesting because people just think about the actors being out of work because they have AI. But what about the hair people who do those background people? What about the the lighting people who light those people? The what caterers. about the teamsters who bring the trucks to have sets for those people? The caterers who feed those people? I was like, this is not, this is I not I'm like, but I'm telling you, if you're listening right now, it is not about rich people trying to get richer. It is about the industry surviving for people to be able to make a living. Like there is no middle class in, in this industry anymore. And that's sick. Yeah. I mean, and if you don't care about this, get on TikTok and start eating ice cream yum yum so good cuz that's your future. Yum yum. That's your that's, that's the future. What we're all going to have to do is yeah. log. Nicole, did you log in for your hour of TikTok daily? I did. Money? I did my non-playable character. <laughs> yum yum. Yum yum. Clap 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 clap. Have you watched those videos? They're wild. The craziest part is that okay, some people are insanely and immensely talented at getting it fast but there uh-huh. is such a steep learning curve because if it was me i'd be like okay all right um, uh, um hands up d- david uh, shake uh, thank light. you for the lollipop <laughs> <laughs> jay we have to take another break today and every day planned parenthood is committed to ensuring that Everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Lawmakers who oppose abortion are attacking Planned Parenthood, which means affordable, high-quality, basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. The right to control your body and get the health care everyone needs has been stolen. And now politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills that would block people from getting the sexual and reproductive care they need. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves health care. It's a human right. And that's why they fight every day to push for common sense policies that protect your right to control your own body and against policies that interfere with decisions between patients and their doctors. Planned Parenthood needs your support now more than ever. With supporters like you, you can help reclaim your rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org slash future. That's PlannedParenthood.org slash future. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. Ooh, we're back, Jay. Yes. Okay. So you went to the University of Alabama. You have an MFA in acting. And for one of your final projects, you did a 15-minute stand-up set. That's wild. That your first set was 15 fucking minutes. Well, here's the thing. It was a piece from a one-man show that was supposed to be turned into a longer project that had both elements of comedy and tragedy. It's tragedy Mm because I was like also trying to figure out... I was also trying to figure out a place to talk about my queerness, my dad's death when I was 15, and, like, Mm -hmm. being Black in Mississippi and Alabama. But, like, because my my natural inclination is to make things funny, it just, it was peppered with jokes. And I've been watching stand-up and studying stand-up 
I mean, probably since I was 10, I, I, mm-hmm. I remember like standing in front of my TV and watching Comic View, watching Last Comic Standing, mm-hmm. and watching everything on Comedy Central. I mean, everything from Insomniac to Premium Blend to like Gaffigan Special with the Cornfield. I mean, I, I watched Wanda's special mm-hmm. back when she was straight. I was watching the old <laughs> stuff. You know what I'm saying? People uh-huh. don't, the people who know, know. And so uh-huh. I have always loved stand up. I've always loved theater and I've always viewed stand up as like um a fun part of the theatrical experience. And when people don't respect it as part of that, then I kind of like take umbrage because I'm like, no, 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 no. It's it's theater. You what you're doing is limiting both stand up and theater by not allowing it to be incorporated and appreciated mm-hmm. as such. And so I did that a uh, 15-minute chunk of a one-person show that was supposed to be 30 minutes and then eventually turned into an hour. And then the note was like, it's very funny. It seems to be more of a stand-up set than a one-person mm. show. And what I heard was, so it's good. So, <laughs> so it's good? This so is a good talented note. talented and funny. And then I, yeah, and then I moved to New York. I had a, a, a theatrical agent. My theatrical agent didn't want to come see me do stand-up. I was going to stand up at what? Bottoms Up. Uh, yeah, at Vodka Soda Bottoms Up in Hell's Kitchen, my friend Philip had a show that, like, it was one of the places where it was a queer show in a in a gay bar that I was so happy mm-hmm. to do. And I told my, I told one of the people who worked at my agency at the time, I was like, I'm pretty, I like it. And, like, people were saying I'm pretty good. So, like, if you want to just mm-hmm. come through, like, just watch me do 10 minutes on my friend's show. And they're like, yeah, we don't really want to. I was like, okay. Wow. my I'm old- no longer with them. I mean, same. I, I have the same experience. My old manager, I begged him to listen to this podcast when I first started it because I was like, I think I'm on to something. I think people like it. I'm getting such positive feedback. And he was like, eh, I don't know. Do more college dates. Do more stand. And I was like, OK, but I do think this is like a way to like maybe explore topics, maybe generate jokes or like yes. also just like another way to like entertain people and he just like wouldn't get on board i've since left him and my current (laughs) manager listens to every episode and one of the jokes in my special where it's like i just want to be in a relationship so i could fight in public Mm -hmm. is because i said it on this podcast and he was like i've never heard that before that's the weirdest shit i've ever fucking heard and then i just started like sitting on that joke and then it like came to me and i wrote it but i was like had he never, had he didn't listen, I I may not have written that joke. So, I mean, you got to get people who fucking support you. Yes, but also shout out to you for being able to know that. Like, it's such a, I think it's so cool whenever people who are in our industry go, no, I like this and I feel mm-hmm. passionate about this particular part of this. Uh, a case in point is like, I'll go on like so many different X-Men podcasts because I love the X-Men so much. And <gasps> who's your favorite? Well, okay. Now, here's the crazy part. My favorites. I'm never just gonna have one. Okay. My favorites, of course, Storm, but also yes. Iceman. And Iceman yes. back in the day, before I even knew, and then he came out in 2015, I was like, I knew it. Uh, but also big Nightcrawler fan, big, uh, if we get into like uh, characters, people know a little bit less. I'm a really big fan of, um, I'm a really big fan of like the Academy X kids. So there's this kid, there's this stu- student, I guess, named Hellion, mm-hmm. who was like really, fun. love Emma Frost. 
mm-hmm. who is just like <laughs> Emma Frost. Just a bad bitch. Just a bad bitch. And when I say bad, I mean she did break up a marriage in 2001. Yeah, she's in, very mad. <laughs> by having a psychic affair with a man. <laughs> I'm not deep in the comics. I watched the cartoon as a kid. And then I thought the movies, the first one was good. The second one was okay. The third one, I was like, what are we doing? Nah. Why is why is Jean Grey, why is she going to pass away? And then the reboot, I thought the first one was really great. The second one was okay. The third one, I was like, you set up Magneto and Professor X to be, to have this tumultuous friendship that you don't play on. You this know, is, you're making some very good points. Points that filmmakers and comic book fans have made. I will also say this. So I was like always passionate about X-Men stuff. Like it's always just been something that like, it it yields nothing for me comedically on stage. But guess what? Mm-hmm. Because I went on so many X-Men podcasts because I like, we'll talk about them because it's like a passion of mine. Guess what? Mm-hmm. In August 16th, I have a six page story in X-Men Voices, an anthology that comes out from Marvel and Marvel approached me. So like, when you're passionate about something, yes. like your podcast, you follow it. Follow it. Do it. Jay, congratulations. Thank I have been you. lobbying quietly on my podcast. I've said it occasionally. I just want to be Storm's fat friend in the standalone <laughs> Storm movie. <laughs> I will learn an African accent, or I could be her friend when she gets to New York. You don't have to. She can, she, she'll come <laughs> to New York. Her parents, you, Nicole, you'll love this. One of her parents is from Harlem. So Storm has Harlem roots. So you can just be, oh. or, you can be Aurora's cousin that when she when she finally Great. comes, you, there's so many ways. That's all I want. Also, Storm is funny and silly. And th- that would actually be, Storm having a fun black friend is something that people always want because there has to be a moment when Storm is in the comic book sometimes where she looks around and it's happened a little bit more recently where she goes, these white people are getting on my nerves. These white (laughs) people are getting on my nerves. Okay, Jay, here's what's happening. I'm going to get your contact information and we're going to write a fucking Storm movie. Oh, listen, we're going to write a Storm movie when the WGA has a fair deal. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> we have to wait until we get our deals in place because we can't be working for the studios right now because it's bad. Uh, did you see Bob Iger? Okay, Yo, I'll, I'll actually talk about man, it. That man, just in a big old field where he arrived in a <laughs> private jet saying people are being unreasonable. And I was like, <laughs> I know you've been rich your whole life or for a very long time, but like... Saying that we were at, we're not asking for a fa- it's not fair. I was I think I read somewhere I was like if every head CEO or whatever took a two percent cut, it would just be solved. It would also, be solved. Show us show us what people are watching. Ooh, the Nielsen rating scale that was around. We knew how many people watched it. Tell us. I think it's like people would be surprised how little things are being watched. Or things that are being canceled, how much people are watching but aren't bringing in new subscribers so it gets canceled because it's too expensive because it's not offsetting the subscribership. It's truly insane. I mean, it's also like the insidiousness of deals that say, oh, season two, no matter what, you get a pay bump. Oh, is this season two? No, this is season one, part B. Wait, yes, what? Yes, wait, wait, what? No, you this split is definitely, up the first season into what? This is definitely season two. No, no, no. Also, season three, you'll definitely get a pay bump. Okay, so we made it to, we made it, we made six seasons that technically mm-hmm. count as three seasons. Pay bump, 
We're going to cancel the show. But you We're, said. Yeah, goodbye. But you said, you said we could renegotiate. After three. It is. This is the really renegotiation. Wild. And you're in a it's very a spe- wild time. I mean, I know. What, and sometimes this is based inside baseball. This is like shop talk. Yes. But like you're in a very particular place because you know both the network side of things and the streaming side of things. And so many people now don't even register that because so much is just streaming. They associate it with network. So they don't even know that the residuals are different. They don't know. Yes. People truly don't know. But that being said, like I am doing okay, but like I truly talk about it for the people under me who there is no route to make money. There's like Fran Drescher, I think someone finally explained to her. She's the president of SAG. I think someone finally explained to her, the money you have is unattainable. Yeah. There is no more syndication. There is no more residuals. You you have to work, like, I don't know, a hundred times as hard to make that money. I mean, Jay, we could talk about this all day. Yeah. I will swing back to dating. Um, so technically, you're, like, open-ish. Mm-hmm. Do you, like, approach people in person? Like, I... Don't know how to do that. Ooh, well, I think that the most this is so wild. What's what's your fit? Do you have an app or do you? Because I'm on all the apps, but the most successful app is always gonna be Instagram. (laughs) It's just the it's the app that like you can actually be like, hey. This is a person that, like, I know everything about. Like, there's a realness to this. Maybe not for you anymore at the level of fame that you've achieved, Nicole. But, um, I, because what is Instagram except for Raya without the fees? I mean, I guess nobody ever really reaches out on Instagram. Sometimes, every now and again, when I say on the podcast, I'd like to see a dick pic, I'll get a nasty little <laughs> dick pic. What's the, what's the craziest one? Um, one man sent me his penis next to a broom, but I was like, brooms are very skinny, so of course yours looks bigger. Um, I'm not sure what I'm, this is to scale, like, I don't, I don't know. The craziest thing I've seen lately is there was a party, uh, there was a day party in New York two weekends ago, and there was a big dick contest at the party. Ooh. And what they would do is a contestant had to go into the bathroom. If they needed help, I guess a bunch of people offered <laughs> get, uh-huh. get achieve size. To fluff them. Yeah. Some fluffers, uh, which is mm-hmm. that's not union work. So y'all can do that now if you want to. <laughs> so then they would take a picture and then the judges would take a picture. But to me, that's so much work because I'm I need to see it. In real life. Yes, in real life with none of the fluffins. Just show me that dick in its natural <laughs> habitat. <laughs> no. And so I saw all of the, because the Polaroids were then posted, uh, is, you know, sometimes people be sending me stuff. I saw the Polaroids mm-hmm. and there was one fella in that group. I was like, my God, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? First of all, Tax dependent. That's dependent at that point. <laughs> Secondly, my God, like if that he was just walking around. So he heard about this. He, you know, like when Uncle Phil hustled those guys in pool on Fresh Prince. Yes, that was uh-huh. him. He was like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna I don't win. Know. 
I don't and know. It might be minute, smaller than others. The minute he got the chance, he was like, Jeffrey, break out Lucille. <laughs> <laughs> but that is I to love say, that. I approach, uh, if you're hot in real life and I've approached you, you know why. Like, I like hitting on people in real life. Queer men do have the luxury of our spaces being inherently sexualized already. And mm-hmm. to the point, past straight people, like, Nicole, if like, if uh, like in public for straight couples or straight people, it's like a lower back touch. Oh my goodness, <laughs> what are we doing? Lower back. I have literally seen my friends go, I'm going to go in that bathroom and suck that man's dick. I'll be back in a little bit. Like, because we just don't. We don't have no couth. You're just out here in these streets just doing things. No couth. Uh, one th- we went to the, uh, the Eagle. Okay, this is so funny. After I do one like of, the Eagle. After one of my friend's weddings, we went to the uh-huh. Eagle. I love that. You're like, this after party won't do. I got to suck a dick. <laughs> and me and my husband made out with one of my friends, who is my, the, one of the grooms, one of their friends. And this, mm-hmm. this guy... He was one of those people that, like, you kiss him and then he starts talking nonsense. And you're like, I'm going to have to keep kissing you to shut you up. You are not. I don't need you talking this much, baby. Uh huh. <laughs> I've definitely been on dates with people where I'm like, you have to shut up. Do I fuck you and you shut up? I just, okay, we're going to do that. I was hit on this morning and I didn't know how to handle it. So there was this man in a van. Okay. And I was walking my dog. I'm a little scared. I know. A man in a van. But there was a badge on the van. It was a white van with a badge. I don't remember what the badge was. <laughs> but he was like, hey. And I was like, hello. And he was like, how are you today? And I was like, oh, I'm good. And he's like, I like your shirt. My shirt has like a little monster on it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, so uh, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, just like walking my dog. And he was like, really nice to meet you. And I was like, okay, where is this going? And then he... <laughs> Then he finally goes, have you seen a man screaming around here? And I was oh, like, no. no. <laughs> oh. And he's like, I'm part of a, a like, res- like a responder thing. Like you call 911 and it's a nonviolent response team. Oh. And I was like, oh, that's really great. And he's like, oh, you think that's really great? And I was like, yeah, for the community. And he's like, I have a dog too. And I was like, okay. And then my dog started peeing and I, that was awkward. And then he was like, yeah, just, you know, if you need us to come out, just call 911. And I was like, okay. And then he like wouldn't let me go and was like looking me up and down. And I was like, this is the oddest way I've ever been hit on. And then I was like, is this screaming man going to come out of the park? And like, (laughs) and then I'm going to have to watch this man deal with that as he's, and then he's like, call me later as I deal with this. And then he just watched me walk away. And the reason I know that is because I turned around to pick up dog shit and he was definitely staring at my ass. And I was like, I don't, this is not my meat cute. I don't want this for no, me. I love it. I Nicole, you should have said, have you? I think <laughs> I think there's a black woman that's screaming. Where? In about 45 minutes in my place. <laughs> he he was kind of cute, but I okay. it was just the way I was being approached. It I felt like it could have just been a little smoother. A, a little bit. I've had people. Yeah, you know, sometimes the approach really could have changed the trajectory. Mm-hmm. One time on the subway late at night, you know, like when it's a lot of people late at night at the subway because they're not a lot of trains. I had a guy and he like held up his phone and just pointed at it. 
And I was like, man, you at least come over here. What? A, what's, what? He's just like, this. You want to give me a number? Can I call you? That's very funny. I do feel like I, I wish I was a gay man sometimes. I feel like it's just a little easier. Listen, um, tons of people have described it as bowling with the bumpers up. And they ain't wrong. They yeah, are not. The, I want the bumpers for me. Well, I think it's because much to the detriment of other components of the way we interact with our peers, queer men definitely feel sexually free enough in a way that other demographics don't. Queer men specifically mm-hmm. can be like, this is an app for fucking Okay, <laughs> no one else, no one else has an app like Grinder, like Sniffies, like mm-hmm. Scruff. I do love Sniffies. It's very funny. Sniffies is so hilarious. Mateo was talking about it on a podcast a couple of days ago, and people were like, a couple of weeks ago, and people were like, for real? Because he didn't <laughs> say Sniffies, and every gay man in the comments is like, he knows it's Sniffies. Sniffies. He's lying. Sniffies. It's Sniffies. Sniffies. He's pretending like he doesn't Sniffies. know. <laughs> Oh, there are listeners who probably don't know about Sniffies. It's it's super location-based. It's like yes. not even, hey, you're nice. We should meet. You're close. It's like, I'm going to be in the Macy's bathroom. <laughs> I mean, there is. I love that it's location-based and it's fast and it's quick. The straights and the queers, the queer people who are in like <laughs> heterosexual relationships who are bi-curious and Nicole's fluid an ally. and pansexual. She's covering all the bases. Look at her. Ally, you know, all of them. There's this app called, uh, oh shit, what is it called? Field? It's a fetish app, Field. F-E-E-L-D. And I got on Field. Yes, I got on Field and everyone seemed to know who I was, which seemed un- truly implausible. And then people would tell friends of mine that they saw me on field and then that friend would tell me and I was like, I don't want this. I've yeah. never wanted this. I Let's okay. just be cool. Mix success with field. Field is where you go if you really want to have a threesome or four-way. In my opinion, mm-hmm. it, it can definitely lead to one-on-one stuff, but because you can be a, jo- you can be a couple on there. Yes. Um, which is like... People would be on Tinder as couples, but only one person could be on there. But like, yes. field lets you look be like, well, let me. Well, what's the husband look like? Let's not. Okay, <laughs> let, let, I'm, don't surprise me. Okay. Oh, he's cute. Oh, okay. Wait a minute. Okay, I guess look I can him. do this. Okay, that guy has clean underwear. Let's go. Um, <laughs> field is also funny because field hosts like social events and like yes, it's it's. It's funny because when a gay app hosts an event, that's just an orgy. If Field hosts an event, they're like, oh, no, it's nice. It's it's a nice event. It's nice. We're in a nice uh, rooftop terrace. I love that a gay app hosts an event. It's just an orgy. No, yes. (laughs) They just be like, we put the tarp down. Um, (laughs) There's some hand sanitizer over there. Um, I don't know. My friend runs... uh, I guess, yeah, they're orgies or it's like a sex party. I think he'd be okay with me saying that. Um, Maybe we cut out his name Um, or I'll text him. I don't know. But I was like, let me work it. I just want to be near sex. (laughs) I was like, can I just be coat check? I'll just like take people's clothes. And he was like, no, Nicole, it's no women. And I was like, but please. 
just, I just want to be near sex. I'm so horny. I'm so horny. It's been a while. Well, they have, they definitely have a very, I'll say this. They have like that weird rule where like, it's strictly for people there who want to have sex. But the coat check shouldn't be affected because right? the coat check is before the sex area in most of those I situations. Think. He was like, I don't want anyone to be uncomfortable. And I was like, but I have a smiling face and I'll be happy to be there. <laughs> I think they truly would just be like, the coat buyer, girl, I'm about to go get fucked. <laughs> what you doing here? And I'll be like, and when you check out, tell me all about it. I'm so horny. Thank you. <laughs> Jay, we have come to the end. Do you have any advice for me, a single woman, and any other single people out there? Um, Kiss lots of strangers. Um, yes. That's my favorite thing to tell people is kiss lots of strangers. Tell people what you like about them. Aww. And I don't know, like, um, flirt a little bit more. The interaction you had today... I love mm -hmm. that. I mean, it didn't turn into anything, but that's because you no. had some dog poop to pick up. But <laughs> I I love more public flirting. We, like queer men, we're we're monopolizing it too much. We need more public flirting from everyone of every sexual preference. I want more flirty, sexy, fun. Yes. Well, what are you thinking about energy out there in the world? I like that. Well, because everything now has become so kind of like, it's not that it's sex negative. It's that people are like, mm -hmm. well, no. What I have to do is say, hey, do you want to go on a date? Then we have to go on a date. Then I have to kiss. No, you saw them in the mm -hmm. grocery store, kiss them on the cheek in the grocery store. I'd be like, what's going on? What, what, like, like, make this a little bit less um, formulaic. And that's what I would want to see from people. Jay, I like that. I mean, my therapist literally was just like, have more fun. Flirt. Ooh. Don't don't believe that everything has an end all be all. Like you can just leave things. And I I guess I could have flirted back with that man today, but I was running late for my training session with my personal trainer. No, but and you had dog poop and and that yes. man, he was at work. He was literally at work. Yeah, that man was at work <laughs> looking for a man screaming, which is a wild time to flirt where you're like, this is kind of a, an emergency. And you're just like chit chatting me. You should That's you so should go funny. go find that man. Hey, um, yeah, there's like a guy who's like dangerous and armed or whatever. <laughs> and I was I was sent here to make sure nothing happens. I'm not I'm not I'm not police. I'm like non police inter intervention services. But um, like, what are you getting into? What? Honestly, that's what it felt like. I was like, this is a lot of information to be hitting on me. Jay, okay, I ask most of my guests this. I've only missed it maybe eight times. Would you date me? Oh, yes, Nicole. We will have the best dates. No bed bugs. No bed bugs. Uh-uh. No, I can't. We, I'm so jealous of your photo shoots, too, with Mateo. Thank you. And you're roller skating. See, I you see. Here's the thing. You know about me. I know a little bit about you. I love it. I love that you know a little bit about me without your own Lindsay doing investigations. <laughs> I haven't roller skated in a minute because uh, I'm just deathly afraid of hurting my ankle again. But I think I'm gonna get back into it. I think in yeah, I'm gonna like make a date. I think in August to get my little skate gang back together. And if you're in LA, you can come skate gang. I just roller skated in LA for the first time a couple of months ago at, where's the rink? There's a rink close to... Uh, Moonlight? 
Yes. It's, I went to the fun one. I went to the one with all the themes. Oh, the themes. Was it on the west side? It was close to uh, an overpass, which definitely makes me know it was in L.A. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was down. To, I don't know. I, I'd have to look that up. There's so few rinks open. Yeah, but I went there. And it was fun, but scary, because there's some professionals. Get out of their That's way. That's the, the saddest part where it's Ooh. like, I'm just moving, and people are like whizzing past you. Last time I went to a roller rink, I screamed the whole time. <laughs> and my friend uh, Josh Sharp was pulling me, and I was just screaming. <laughs> oh, my God. We have too many similar friends. I love Josh Sharp. He's one of the best people. He sends me a Christmas card every year. One of one of them was him, just his butt, just naked, and I still have it uh, because it made me laugh and smile so hard. And every now and again, I'll just look at him and be like, there's my friend's butt. I love it. Aww. All right, Jay, we've come to the end. Is there anything you would like to promote that is not backed by a studio? Oh, 100%. <laughs> You can catch me on tour. Uh, I'll be at Zany's in Chicago, August 17th through August 19th. Come out to that show. I'm also on tour. If you go to my website or go to any of my social media, which is all just at jjordan or jjordan.com, you can see my full list of tour dates. I'm going on tour this fall. I'm also going to be adding more tour dates for the winter. So Los Angeles, I am coming. Yeah. Nicole, do you get this? People on Instagram get so mean. They'll be like, great yeah. clip. When the fuck are you coming to Atlanta? Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or they'll be like, when are you coming to D.C.? And I'm like, I was there last weekend. And they're like, what the? I missed it. And I'm Nicole, like, I posted about it at nausea. When I tell you that's it. Listen up, District of Columbia. Y'all, <laughs> I want y'all to achieve statehood, but only if you stop complaining about missing comedy shows because y'all are the most missing-ass comedy show-ass yes. city ever. Yes. They'll be like, no one ever comes to D.C. Because I don't know what y'all are doing. Are y'all looking at don't cherry know. blossoms all the time? I When I was in D.C., I made a joke about waking up Joe Biden and nobody liked it. <laughs> well, you know what woke him up? That cocaine, baby. Ooh. He's awake. <laughs> a little too bumped. That's... My favorite thing that's happened recently. Okay, well, Jay, I could truly talk to you forever. You're oh, fucking delightful, but we've delightful. got to wrap it up. Um, if you like this episode of Why Won't Why Won't Oh my God, Why Won't You Date Me? You can like it, you can rate it, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you write me a nasty come on hitting on me to why won't you date me at gmail.com, I will read it. Uh please send fun ones. Uh, this one says, I would like to walk in on you putting your makeup on butt naked, except for matching flowing blonde wig and Merkin, because you are playing naughty Rapunzel in a new movie. I will help you rehearse your nude scene. This is like your romance, Jay. I will rehearse your nude scene by saying, Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair as you spread your legs wide open for me. I will go to town on your mound and booty hole until you feel like you're in a fairy tale. I will butt munch you so vigorously that your golden merkin ends up on my head. We now look like sexy, naughty twin sisters, except I'm actually a man in a merkin wig. We decide blondes do have more fun, so we have a pillow fight and get feathers stuck all over our sweaty body fluid, bodily fluid-soaked bodies. We fall asleep looking like sexy chickens, and we live happily ever after. That was fun. Thank you. <laughs> sexy chickens. Bok bok. Okay, bye bye. <laughs> 
Why Won't You Date Me with Nicole Byer is produced by me, Mars. It's executive produced by Adam Sachs, Nick Liao, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco. With talent bookings by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Maddie Auden. Got a question, crazy dating story, or a dirty message for Nicole? Write it to Why Won't You Date Me podcast at gmail.com for a chance to have it featured on a future episode. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week with a brand new episode. Bye-bye. This has been a Team Coco production. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com.